This week, we're sharing an episode we recorded with comedian Josh Blue right before COVID hit. Now, more than ever, we can use Josh's joy and humor as we are still navigating the pandemic and our new normal. And since we last spoke to Josh, we have some exciting news. He's made it to the semifinals of this season's America's Got Talent. Watch Josh and make sure to vote for him tonight. You can cast your vote for Josh on America's Got Talent AGT app on your phone or online at mbc.com slash AGT vote. We are rooting for you, Josh. Enjoy today's episode and some laughs before the holiday weekend. Hey, listeners, just a quick note. Profanity ahead. If you got kids nearby, consider popping in your earbuds or save this episode for later. Thanks. I always say this, like, yeah, yeah, I got palsy and my body works differently than other people, but I have the exact right brain for this body because I'm able to deal with what I have to deal with. And not just deal with it, but like have a laugh about it and not be pissed off or sad or upset or woe is me bullshit. It's easy to talk about the successes, but what doesn't get talked about enough is the struggle. My name is Eric Weinmayer. I've gotten the chance to ascend Mount Everest, to climb the tallest mountain in every continent, to kayak the Grand Canyon, and I happen to be blind. It's been a struggle to live what I call a no barriers life, to define it, to push the parameters of what it means. And part of the equation is diving into the learning process and trying to illuminate the universal elements that exist along the way. And that unexplored terrain between those dark places we find ourselves in and the summit exists a map. That map, that way forward, is what we call no barriers. Following his groundbreaking win on NBC's last comic standing in 2006, Josh Blue has risen through the ranks to become a well-established headliner at venues throughout the world. His story has been featured on Fox, CBS, ABC, MSNBC, and CNN. He was the first comedian to perform stand-up on The Ellen DeGeneres Show, was named Best Winning Reality Show Guest on Live with Regis and Kathy Lee, and made standout appearances on Comics Unleashed. Recently, Josh crushed his set on The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon and was honored with a performance at the William H. Macy Gala at the prestigious Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Montreal, Canada. He also just recorded his fifth hour special at his home club, Comedy Works, in Denver, Colorado. Josh does over 200 shows a year, continuing to spread laughter and break down stereotypes of people with disabilities. His stand-up routine is in a constant state of evolution and his off-the-cuff improvisational skills guarantee that no two shows are alike. Critics have said Josh is not a cerebral palsy comic. He's a comic who happens to have cerebral palsy. However, his closest friends still describe him as a D-bag. You know, it's just good to dive into people's stories, but also like, you know, no barriers, right? Obviously, the barriers people have broken through, and right. you've obviously broken through amazing barriers, and you're crushing it. It's and uh, but but you know we don't like to be like motivation. Well, you you never are this, but like we don't like to be a motivational poster. You know, like I love real stuff and what people have really learned along the way. And um, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I know that you don't that you don't try to to be a motivational guy because I remember the first time I heard you, I was in the crowd at the summit. Yeah, the first year you were there. Okay. Yeah, you you what year was you that? Um, entertained us two years at the No Barrier Summit. The first we were honored that you were there both times, was man. It Park was, City. I was honored too, man. So fun, man. Yeah, was it Utah. I All think right. I did the Park City and then I did the one in, was it Breckenridge? In Winter Park. Oh, Winter Park. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I remember Park City and I remember being in the audience and uh, you were just irreverent as hell. And I, I, I was literally sitting in the back cackling, laughing. And yeah. then there was a few people who were like, whoa. Oh, well, yeah, you're like, always probably going to have those guys, right? Like a couple of people yeah, like at squirming. The, at the summit, though, you want to make people squirm a little bit. Yeah, the, well, those are the people that need to hear it the most. Nah, that's think. right. You know that's I mean? right. If you're yeah. not squirming, you're not learning. Man. <laughs> 
Well, what I loved, like you know, bumper sticker. so just like I'll reveal something when you came to that first no barriers. See, I always thought that like you had to express this no barriers idea, like with, you know, um, with speeches about motivation. And when you came out to the summit, there was this uh, also this guy named Mark Goffany, who's he had no arms and he freaking drove his way uh, from California to Colorado. And mm. he took off his shoes and he plugged his amps all in with his feet and he started rocking out. Yeah. Remember that guy? That dude's badass. I yeah. mean, and then and then you came We're out playing guitar. Yeah, playing, playing guitar, guitar, but not like feet. Yeah, not like a little bit like. Killing it. Like Not like shred- strumming. Shredding it, bro. Yeah, yeah. Shredding it. Shredding it, right? I remember that guy. Yeah. And then you came out and you just, you lifted everyone. You elevated people. And, um, but I you did it in an irreverent way. You right. did it in an irreverent way, but like in this way that everyone connected with. Everyone in the audience connected and... Mm-hmm. Except the few people squirming and learning, I guess. I think they connected, too. I think they connected, too. That's the beautiful thing about it. Like, it makes them uncomfortable, but not too far where you can't enjoy the funny side of it, you know? Mm -hmm. But it was my first... You helped me grow because I said, this like no barriers thing. You don't have to express it through speeches. You can do it through music. You can do it through Mm -hmm. humor, through uh, irreverency. and, And there's like a million ways to express this thing. And so, like, for me, that was a huge game changer and the way awesome. uh, we run No Barriers now because the last thing I want to hear is a motivational person. I want to hear the real stuff. Well, yeah, I just think that motivational shit doesn't work. I mean, you can say, oh, this is my story and pay attention. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck. Mm. They really don't. I mean, at the moment, it's cool, but I, I swear, like... I'd much rather, uh, like my thing is, I always say, sure, you take a lot from my show, but you almost don't even realize that you're learning anything because you're just laughing the whole time. Do you create humor with sort of a a double narrative in the background, or do you just assume that that's going to be part of it, that learning process you're talking about? Like, Do you write jokes so that you somehow will subtly influence people? or Some of them. Some jokes with, are with that intention. But I ultimately, like, my goal is just being as funny as possible. So if it happens, it happens. Right. Yeah. But then ultimately I find what makes people laugh the hardest is the realest shit and mm-hmm. the stuff that really jars them and go, oh, I do think of that this way, or I, I do you know, underestimate a disabled person when I see them just because that's what I was taught to do. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, I'm going through your pockets and trying to fuck your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you, like, the the way you do comedy is really, it's, it's, it's the many times I've heard you, it's it's amazing because... It's it's not like I mean you're just like talking about your life and funny shit that happens along the way. Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of it is just I mean just based in reality of just all the random shit that's happened to me day to day is just I just go outside and it writes itself, you know. Mm-hmm. And then finding the way to bring that to stage and make it accessible to everyone in a way that they can relate to. In their own personal story. Cause in, in a succinct way, too, right? Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, in, in as few words as possible. Right. You yeah. know, like a joke is just a story with all the fat taken out of it. You know, there's zero fat in my jokes. That's my ultimate goal is just like, set it up, knock it down. Here comes another one. <laughs> How'd you figure out that blend? You know what I mean? Because like... I remember hearing this uh, like blind comic one time, and he all he did was like blind jokes, but they were like gimmicky kind of blind jokes, like mm-hmm. "Good to see you out there," and it felt so like goofy. Well, and then you the use that same one all, all right, the time. but I'm goofy. I'm not a comedian. Well, he can get away with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you, the way you do it is so, like you're laughing, and 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 uh, it's so authentic. You know what I mean? Like the stuff you you talk about, the way you make people laugh. You got the, you nailed the, the balance. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, I'm telling you things that I think are funny. You know, I'm telling you my perspective and my, um, just my take on it, you know. And 
I always say this, like, yeah, yeah, I got palsy and my body works differently than other people, but I have the exact right brain for this body because I'm able to deal with what's what I have to deal with, you know? It's able to, and not just deal with it, but, like, have a laugh about it and not be pissed off or sad or upset or woe is me bullshit. Do you feel like in part that that came out of you as a way to manage or in a defense from a defense mechanism emotionally in any way or no? Sure. I mean, I, I, I've had that question before and I think, uh, it's definitely, um, something that is a the, the logical explanation of why, but I've always been funny, like, uh, ever since I was a little kid, you know, my friends would be, you know, pissing their pants, and I did get in trouble because I made them laugh too hard. And it's like, that just was the gift I had. But then, obviously, there's the evolution to, like, figuring it out. And then, you know, as you get older and, like, junior high, and you start figuring out, oh, I can use this to my advantage, and I could... And then high school, it's like... I was friends with everybody. There's very few bullies to me because I'd verbally fuck them up in mm -hmm. front of everybody and everyone would laugh yeah. at them. And no. they're like, I don't want that cripple kid to make fun of me yeah. again. Like, Nobody wanted to joust with you. <laughs> right, yeah. No. And let's just say, like, as far <laughs> as your dude play with the ladies, like, it worked, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, like, that's her thing is, like, there's a lot of angst and woe and... In high school, I mean, but that's anybody, because nobody wants to, like, be different in high school, right? I mean, I was obviously different. I was making it okay in that way, but to, like, step out and, like, oh, you're actually dating the dude? But then I got to college and everything changed. It was like, oh, yeah, different is good, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, definitely had a good time in college. Did all right? Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Did, when did you decide that you were going to do this professionally? Uh, be a player or what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry. And that's what he was asking. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> no, um, you know, I actually started studying stand-up in college. I went to a really liberal arts hippie college in Olympia, Washington, called the Evergreen, Evergreen. State College. Yeah. 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 So um, there you can create your own courses. So I actually studied stand-up my senior year. And... Uh, Pretty cool. I mean, <laughs> I want to say this. Like, I'm one, one of the only people I know that's actually working in the field they studied in. <laughs> but, and did you go out and test it out in the beginning? So, basically, the <laughs> idea was I would um, study all the greats, you know. So, there's a lot of renting Richard Pryor VHS. And VHS. And getting high and fucking watching. And, but, like, it's different when you watch a stand-up. Not to just laugh, but to, like, pick it apart. Oh, look at how he stood when he delivered that. Look at the timing. Look at the silence. Look mm -hmm. at the lack of silence. Look at the pausing, you know? Like, and so to study stand-up that way is definitely an interesting thing. I will say it has really fucked up my ability to watch stand-up now because <laughs> I can't really just enjoy it. I'm constantly like, where are they going with this? What are they doing, you know? So then I did that, and then part of my curriculum that I said I would do is I'd get a weekly show and start performing. So basically I, I, I found a band that was playing in a coffee shop every Tuesday. This is very evergreen. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and then they had two bands, so they wanted me to do the middle spot between the bands, like a 10-minute while they changed out. And then the first week I went, it was packed out. I did my set, and then everybody left for the band that was it was their thing. And then that happened again the next week. And then the owner was like, everybody's clearly just here to see you. So you need your own night. So they gave me the Josh Blue Hour every Wednesday. And uh, I don't know, I packed it out every week. And I was doing a new hour every week. Oh, my god! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Which is, like, whoa. is not a thing that wow. anyone should possibly that's try to do. I just oh, didn't okay. know that's not what you did. <laughs> like, finally, someone was like, you know, I was a comic for a while. You kind of got to 
say the same jokes again and like do them till they get better. I was like, oh, okay. You were doing new material like every, every week. week. Like <laughs> oh I did like eight weeks of that. But nice. that's when you were you said like this this could be my jam like going forward professionally. Yeah, I mean it's weird to like see a thing. I don't know. Like I was the I won't say the. Evergreen isn't like have a big man on campus, but I was a dude that everybody knew. Mm-hmm. I was a dude with a soccer ball. I went everywhere with a soccer ball, kicking it everywhere, playing with everybody, social experiments, you know, just waiting on the uh, like the main square and just juggling the ball. And then people would come and then they'd join the circle and play. Or if somebody's walking by too much in their head, you like kick it to their feet and like get them out of it. Like, hey, come play with us. And like, to watch people like evolve or like and then the next day they walk by they'll either like come or they'll like avoid, avoid the whole thing yeah. you're like I see you <laughs> you know <laughs> was your comedy different back then like yeah. if you could hear yourself back then uh, would you, how would it, how would it sound I would gouge my eyes out <laughs> like a spoon, is it recorded can you yeah there's some VHS of it it's brutal I'm sitting at a table I'm not even standing up uh-huh. Um, and it was just because I had to fill the time, just a very storyteller style. So just telling stories about, you know, being a camp counselor. Uh, I was a counselor for four years in Minnesota, uh, at this camp for inner city youth. And then we, it was like a real primitive camp, like no electricity. And then we do like these three day canoe trips where like I'd be in charge with another person on the river like like bye hopefully we'll see you at camp you know like and uh but then just like all the the stories of like you know these inner city kids getting you want me to get in a boat with that man I'm not getting on the river with that dude like and just like all these stories about adventures there and then uh, Africa, you know, I uh, was born in Cameroon and lived in Senegal when I was 15. And I went back to Senegal in college through Evergreen. Again, another course I studied, uh, I did an internship at a zoo in Dakar. Uh-huh. And uh, told a bunch of Africa zoo stories, <laughs> like the white man zookeeper. And- well, that's a little, I mean, so you weren't really doing stand-up then, per se, literally or figuratively, but you were just throwing material out, and you were like, this is this could be better. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, I didn't even know how bad it was, but the thing is, yeah. people... But that's the beauty of it. If you did kept, know, you might have been, like, intimidated, so right, it's the, there's a beauty in, in just being fresh and new and not knowing everything. Right, but the crazy thing is it was still fill up, it, it, people came every fucking week, mm-hmm. like, it filled up. So it wasn't as bad as, you know, uh, again, it's terrible to watch now, but at the time, uh, you know, so among, your, party evolution. <laughs> among your peers that are the same age as you, you know what I mean? Like, you're not... Yeah. You're an artist, right? You consider yeah. yourself an artist, and you're an art... Do you different modalities, too, other than comedy? Do you... Do yeah, you I do uh, painting. I yeah. do, uh, you have that artistic mind yeah i do a wood carving like big old totems Uh and like african masks well so as an artist i think every artist has to take chances right and then what happens with you when you write material and you test it out um nowadays i'm not talking like early on but nowadays you write content and you throw it out to a room can you tell when an audience really is digging the humor and whether that's a keeper or whether that's a throwaway oh, like yeah, as soon def- as it leaves your mouth? Definitely, yeah. yeah. So, like, I've never written anything down. Like, I just go up and I'm like, okay. You said that when you were in front Wait, of us last what? time, and I was like, he, he's got to be lying. What? No, nah, I've never written any of this shit down. Like, I Hold just... on a second. So you've got, you were creating all that content, all that material, week after week, and none of it's written down at all? No. No. Could you have the ability to to pull that out? You could still pull out those jokes from like ten years ago or whatever. Uh, I mean, I'd have to watch my special to get a refresher. But <laughs> but, but maybe. 
But it yeah, sits in I there mean, somewhere. yeah, there's somewhere. So you don't but, write documentary of it. All right. So like, I'm about to release my fifth hour special this year. I've never been in any town. So, so the, by that rationale, the way I write is like, I'll have an idea, and then I'll just bring it to stage, and I mean, I, I do over two hundred shows a year, so. Most people, like, have to go to work on a new joke, like at an open mic or something. Yeah. Whereas I'm, like, I'm doing so many, I'm doing five hours a week of shows. I just put in a new thing in the middle or something just to see if it works. And then if it gets a laugh, there's a couple kind of different, like, to your questions. Like, it comes out, it gets a big laugh. You're like, oh, yeah, that's a winner. Mm -hmm. Or... It comes out, it kind of gets a laugh, and you're like, okay, I'll try it again tomorrow, say it differently. Mm -hmm. So I go and say it differently. And then it slowly evolves, like, in that way. Like, I did that this weekend with a story about my girlfriend. We were driving somewhere, and my girlfriend's, like, the sweetest person, never mad about anything but she was pissed for some reason she's just venting and then we drive by this couple and they were like super beautiful dressed up so nice and then she goes and they look beautiful and we look like shit <laughs> and I was like we do <laughs> this is what I look like all the time like <laughs> it's an indictment <laughs> right well yeah so so then like so that that it worked but it, it's not there yet. So that, right. So, like, you can see how that's funny, but I'm going to find a way to, like, make it, like, so tight. Like, yeah. it'll... And if you embed it in, like, a bunch of other stuff that you know is, like, perfect, right? Well, and, the key yeah. is, like... I mean, what I'm finding is, like, with that joke, I said, I do? And then people felt bad that she was saying that I look bad, <laughs> whereas, like, we do puts it on us. There's like a lot of little like Optics. even words of it. You know, you yeah. have to figure out how to make them not feel bad, but see the humor, make her still look good. Because me as an audience member, I want you to talk poorly about yourself, right? More than talk poorly about her. I want to look at her, right? Right in a positive light. Right. I see what you're saying. So you always want to throw yourself under the bus mm -hmm. as opposed to like <laughs> making some, but. You you take know, notes. But if you, but if you make fun of yourself enough, then it opens the door to then be able to like kick an old man down a flight of stairs if you want to. You know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. You know, like you just pick the. You know, like so. So by me showing them that I don't take this shit seriously, right. then I can then bring others into it. And I think that's where the education part comes in because all of a sudden I'm pointing it out to you where you're like, oh, fuck, I am that guy. Turns out I'm that guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, so when you were a camp counselor, right, so these inner, kid, inner city kids show up and uh, you yeah. got CP. I, I lead these no barriers trips and I show up and they're like, you're blind, you know what I mean? So I kind of like relate. Like, did you have to like explain yourself like you have to like at first like get it out of the way and you said this up on stage you're like you know the reason I make some of these jokes is because the audience is probably wondering like do that does he know, does he know he's like <laughs> I think that I mean I'm totally hideously me messing up your joke but you know when these kids show up you kind of have to learn to explain yourself proactively and get it out of the way so that like everyone's cool right well you know what's funny is I went the opposite way and I would like just go make them even more scared. Like <laughs> what? Well, they would like, you know, they'd all come in, get off the bus, and then you go to the circle and you pass the paddle around and oh introduce boy. yourself. And I'd be like, my name's Topsaw. <laughs> and like, and like, just like, I'm in crew B and I can't wait to meet you. And they're like, holy fuck, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be in crew B. I know yeah. that much. And yeah. then when they get to you, then you're like, and then you're, Nice and not that. They're like, oh, thank God, he was just fucking around. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but then it leaves the door open to still do that kind of shit. We're like, I'm going to like listen to this dude because 
He's obviously a psychopath. And like he, he could go either way. Right. And Any moment. So I need to be I need to be right. more attentive. But again, it would be like three three day canoe trips, like two nights. And it was back before our cell phones. So it'd just be like, okay. Good luck. Yeah. Like I can't even take care of myself. Why am I in charge of these kids? <laughs> we did have an incident where a girl got a hypothermia. It was like a nice hot day. She fell in the river with her sweatsuit on and then left it on and then the sun went down and it just gave her the chills and she like got hypothermia and my fellow camp counselor and I were like reading the, it's like, chills, uh, losing consciousness, death. And we're like, death! And we both like, what the fuck are we gonna do? So I just ran off into the woods just ran and found a house, like two miles into the woods. Just what? had to find somewhere. And Someone to help? I call it Amber. We oh, I thought you were just running away from the situation. Oh, yeah. You're like, I'm, just out of, I'm, I'm out of here. This is, too, this is too much, too yeah. much happening. I'm gone. I'm, I'll, I'll dig the hole. <laughs> That's awesome. You went and got a shovel. You came back with a shovel. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Ready, ready. No, but then you realized you're a camp counselor with, and you, you, the, the remedy for hypothermia with wet clothes is you got to get them bug naked. And you're like, now what do I do? Because this is very inappropriate. I don't think well, this was in the Well, yeah, off. so it was a, a f- girls' week, and my fellow camp counselor was female. So I was like, you do that part. I'll run left. into the woods. Yeah, you went into the woods. That's yeah, probably yeah. the best yeah, plan. Yeah. Yeah. I was a camp counselor as well, and I... One time, I uh, left a, uh, a kid in, in, in the McDonald's bathroom. Oh, good. Yeah. We got on the bus. I didn't do the count, and we get back to camp, and uh, I didn't even notice he was gone, ever. Somebody told me later, like, yeah, he found his way back. That's that was hilarious. your last camp counselor. That was my last camp counselor. Hilarious. Leadership opportunity. That's, uh, that's fun. Well, maybe you don't have the blind guy doing the count, either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And then when I heard you as well, some lady goes to the bathroom and you were like, let's all wait and check it out. And uh, like, is that stuff ad-libbed or is that, do you uh, always have sh- somebody leave for the bathroom? Oh, uh, the show? So yeah. you say, yeah. so basically somebody during my show got up and left and I was like, I'll just wait for you to come back. And then I do. And it's like. And uh, it's like an Andy Kaufman kind of thing. Yeah. My buddy told me, he was sitting next to me, he's like saying like your facial expressions and I'm, that's lost on me, but he was trying to describe she said you got the facial expressions and the eyes, like, all, like, so funny. And so is that just natural? That, I mean, that's one that I've done a bunch. But yeah. that is one, too, that took me a long time to actually wait. Like, I'd get halfway through and be like, all right, you know. But now I can you wait. You really the, wait it out. I wait the whole time. And it's like. It's funny. And, the, and like, you, you heard it's like it, they laugh when you say it. And then, it, like. I'm waiting, and then they're like, everyone's like, is he really doing this? Yeah, yeah. And then and it becomes like, uncomfortable, but then it becomes funny. It's uncomfortably yeah. funny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it just like, and it just up and down. And uh, I mean, although one time I did that, and the woman never came back. <laughs> just gone. <laughs> I think that might have been our show. Oh, the it? show I saw, yeah, so she then, never came back. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, At some point, you just kind of kind of break it then. Yeah, right? you got like, you all right, well, I guess beer. she died. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, you've uh, you've got kids, right? I do, yeah. Uh, two kids. My son Simon is eleven, and Seika is nine. Eleven and nine. Yep. Do they laugh at you? Not necessarily in the right ways, but yes. <laughs> you know, we all, we, Derek and I, commiserate with our kids because we feel like out in the regular world we can make people laugh a little bit and engage them, and our kid, our kids could give a shit. About right. anything we say or do. Well, yeah, no, that's true. Um, same for me. It's interesting though because uh, you know there's that comedy radio here in Denver, the comedy one hundred three, or whatever. Yeah, I've heard you on there. Yeah, and that's my son's favorite station. So it's like, ah. you know, he gets to hear my material and he thinks that's funny, you know. But it's kind of you know it's, it's cool like. You know, his friends at school, like, I heard your dad on the radio. You know, like, it's a pretty cool thing to have a radio station dedicated just to comedy. Mm-hmm. It's like having your song on the radio, you know? Yeah. So your kids are like, that guy's cool. 
But, but so, like, as a parent, like, I relate to this. Like, I remember, like, wanting to play games with my kids, and I was like, I can't play catch with my son. And, like, I, like I'll try to play soccer, and I remember I wrapped up a soccer ball with a plastic bag, and I was playing soccer with my daughter so I could hear it crinkling yeah, as yeah. it rolled. Yeah. And uh, I just went to kick the ball, and I missed the ball, and I kicked my uh, five-year-old daughter nice. in the knees. And she was just like, Dad! And I just... It's like one of those moments where you're like, okay, yeah, like, oh man, like, I, and I don't know how to turn things into comedy. I was like fucking crying almost. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> I mean, what's what's it like? You know what I mean for for your situation? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I as mean, a parent. Well, you remember that I played on the Paralympic soccer team. Yep. So, how many goals did you score? Uh, and he knows the answer already because we read your bio. <laughs> Oh, in the Olymp- and you, when you're in the finals. Oh, oh in the Olympics. Oh, yeah. in the Olympic team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I thought you meant in my career. In your whole like, career. Yeah, yeah. Start with that. Few, I right. think I did th- 13. All right, all right. In your career. Play, yeah. Sorry, I was, I was going <laughs> off the... No, the Olympics. Oh, the Olympics. We didn't <laughs> score shit, man. Way to represent. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously there's some things that I wish I could do with my kids, but for the most part, I'm still... Getting on the trampoline and jumping with them and doing all that stuff. My daughter does ballet and it's so fucking boring. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really not entertaining. No, not to watch, not to do. No. But she loves it. I guess. And you show up when, when you have, when, when you're I, not on when the road. I have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's honest. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah. I don't give a shit. It's, it's boring. Yeah. How about some soccer, honey? <laughs> or some, like, BJJ or some martial arts or something. Yeah, right? my son does Taekwondo, and that's a little more entertaining to watch. Mm. <laughs> but not much. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a bad parent. I don't know. Yeah. What if, what if your boy, who obviously has shown a propensity for comedy, what if he were to get into the, the family industry? I mean, I'm, I don't have anything against that. I honestly think my daughter has much better timing than him, but mm. besides that... Uh, <laughs> Is she thinking about it? Uh, I think she thought about it. I mean, she's funny. She's just naturally funny, whereas my boy, like, tries to be funny. She's, oh. like, a natural. Mm. And mm-hmm. he's funny, too. It's just, like, a different level of... Like, there's natural comics and there's comics that have to work at it. Mm-hmm. Where would you put you in that? Uh, I'm fortunately a natural, which is like, like I said, like, there's not too many people that don't write it down, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No. I mean, I don't think Chappelle writes anything down, I don't think. But then there's like a George Carlin who wrote everything down and meticulously did it. So it's like a different way of doing it, but it's, mm-hmm. yeah. So when so so back to like comedy like so, what, you talked a lot about the crazy things the first time I heard you all the times but the first time I remember it making the biggest impression all the crazy stuff that happens to you, as somebody with a disability and but the way you told the stories were just connecting so but and I and I know you said earlier that like you're just trying to be funny but a byproduct is that I walked out of that room, not only having laughed. But I felt like elevated. I felt like, like uh, this guy's talking to me. So is that just a byproduct, or? I feel like it is a byproduct. I mean, again, like there's certain jokes that I will think about. Okay, how does this affect the education, the overall education of the world? Like, I don't ever want to put anything out there that's gonna have a disabled community step backward yeah you know like i'm only trying to push forward this narrative of like wow i never thought of it that way and now i do (laughs) you know so i uh i feel like it is a byproduct of of it though because it's like i'm not like i said i don't write this down i always said like if I ever, like, wrote this down, I might be really good at this. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it's like, you know, I, if I gave a shit, maybe I, it'd be better. 
But it's our, but I get standing ovation. Yeah, man. I was like, don't change what's not <laughs> right, busted. Man. Right, that's so what I'm that's saying. Good. That's where the joke is. It's like, yeah. that's a Have joke. you ever pissed off like a community? Like, you know, comedy, as a comedian, you're like always trying to like, right, push the envelope, right? Yeah, you're yeah. like, if you don't write things down, you're trying new things out. Have you ever like stepped over the line and just like totally like pissed off like a group of blind people or? Sure. <laughs> yeah, usually one at a time. But yeah. Um, <laughs> no, uh, what I've come to find is that if anybody has a problem with what I'm saying, like, uh, hasn't happened a lot, but what it does is like, you know, I have a friend in a wheelchair and I take offense to what you're saying. And I'm like, why don't you ask your friend in the wheelchair how they feel about this? Because I'm pretty sure I'm speaking right to them about it, you know? I guess, um, like, as far as far as a community that I've consciously tried to not offend is the mentally disabled community. Yeah. I used to use the word retarded or retard in my show and I just found that it was upsetting enough to enough people for me to go, Okay, I shouldn't mm. use that and again I would never use it like to step us back, but just the word itself was it had its connotations, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I do have a joke where I use that word now, but it's in a way that... <laughs> I don't, it's hard to explain it. Did I do it, it with It's you? a different... Con- I think I've heard it. I feel like I've heard it, maybe. I think uh, I might have, too. Yeah. Because it was like a couple like, whoa, all right. But you're kind of addressing it, like... Yeah. Well... Uh, basically, I say, uh, let's just try to say it. Um, let's just go ahead and yeah, do just, it. Yeah, let's just go just for it. Let's just do it. <laughs> so I say, you guys are going to be mad as hell in 10 years when you find out I don't have cerebral palsy. <laughs> and the crowd's like, oh, oh. I remember, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that would make national news, right? Josh Blue doesn't have cerebral palsy. There would just be a collective, uh, America collectively go, this motherfucker. See, I told you he was too funny to be a tard. A tard. And then it gets like a laugh but a groan. Yeah. And I go, oh, don't you dare get mad at me. You said that. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, you did say that. About me? Yeah, Yeah. that's hurtful. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, that's, that. like, it's putting it on them as opposed to, and I feel like, it's still very abrasive and very, like, punch in the face, but all of a sudden you're like, I am that asshole, you know? Like, uh-huh. Because part of what you're doing is you're disarming and desensitizing and almost putting a mirror up to a certain extent, right? You're asking people to look at how they perceive right. disability. Is that accurate? Yeah, so my friend Jenny in college actually said this, and it wasn't about my... Stand-up, because I wasn't really doing stand-up. She goes, what you do is, like, reverse teasing, where it's like, you think that they're making fun of... Everybody thinks you're making fun of yourself, but really you're, like, making fun of them. So it's, like, yeah, kind of that weird, like... That's why it's so disarming, I think, is because you think I'm, like, making fun of myself, but really I just want you to, like acknowledge that you're laughing at this because you have that thought already. Perfect. You know? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, you're crushing it now, but, like, when you did Last Comic Standing and, like, you were closer to the beginning of your career, Mm -hmm. you were, like, I mean, you're still a pioneer, but, you know, like, a lot of... You've opened a lot of doors for people. Uh, And... But back then, it must have been more scary. You were stepping farther out of the box, you know, a while back, were you ever like afraid, or we like you say I don't give a shit? But were you ever like afraid, or just like oh man? I mean, am I doing the right thing here? No, I think it was always. Um, I mean, there's always going to be questions in any career of what you're doing or why you're doing it or if you should still be doing it. Uh, <laughs> but um, I feel like it was at such a high velocity and fast-paced, like, just, like, rocket ship that I was on, I didn't really have any time to think about that sort of thing. Just because, like, last comic 
was like the, it was set to be, I think, 10 or 11 episodes, and their ratings were so good, they added, they just kept dragging the show on so people would keep watching. Um, and you were along for the ride. Yeah, and I was yeah. along for the ride, and it was like rocket ship, because it was like, I was already booked pretty solid before I got on that show, and then all of a sudden, I'm on the show, and people are like, we want him next week. So I'd be in Long Beach filming, leave for three days, do shows, come back and film the next episode, and then do the, like, sell out these shows, and then come back, and, and then it's just like, uh, I mean, it's, honestly, it's kind of been like that since 2006. I mean, obviously not doing the filming part, but I'm on a plane every four days. So perform. how often now do you field the social media or just, you know, straight up inquiries of people who say, Josh, you're my hero, bro. I was living a very, very dark life and thank you for shedding light. I'm sure that happens. Yeah, man. So I, I uh, respond to everything. I have messages on my mm-hmm. Facebook and uh, on Instagram and I answer all those myself. So And that does happen, right? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. There's a whole old bit about that too where it's just like people will say the most insane things I mean I don't know how many times I've had like you know I had had a gun in my mouth and I turned on comedy for one last try and you made me not do it I was like okay well fuck thanks for telling me that (laughs) that's like a lot of pressure yeah what am I supposed to do with that (laughs) go be funny (laughs) I mean so I mean I get probably three of those a month things like that where Mm. where like my dad was dying of cancer we watched your stuff together thank you for making him laugh like oh good Christ (laughs) that's good shit that's good shit it's cool but it's also just like uh, another byproduct of this, you know what I mean? I didn't go out there to do that. And it's taken me a long time to embrace that. Because mm-hmm. that's, like, again, that's a lot of weight on a pothead's shoulders. But you do you do <laughs> dig it now, though, right? I mean, you're into it. Like, you know you're changing lives, even though it is a byproduct. I get it, but... Yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't say dig it, but I, I get it and I understand it. And I'm able to, like, process it in a way where I don't just delete them. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and with CP are you like do you like to you know you probably don't want to get pigeonholed so like if you come to a no barriers event where there's a lot of like people with different kinds of challenges do you like that or do you like being in the mainstream you know what I mean well I mean I, I, I don't know like every disability group under the sun probably wants you to come and and, and connect with their group sure and uh, that's the amazing thing is that I've kind of I won't say I've become like the poster child of, but it's that sort of thing of like, I'm not just representing palsy, I'm right. representing all of us. Yeah. Which is, again, a weird position to be in, giving to the voice. Cause, and again, that's why I was saying I don't ever want to put us in a light that makes us look bad. That's why I never say anything. Yeah, like you didn't ask for that role. Right. You didn't, right? I mean, you're no. just you just liked comedy. You're a funny dude. You just happen to have palsy. Right. But so you've been sort of pushed into this role like it or not. Well, the other the other hard part is I am kind of pigeonholed. I am like like the industry. I'll just be real, like if any other able bodied comic was selling out shows the way I do all over the country they have heat all over them to do something, whereas they don't give me the time of day in, in L.A. Uh, so I'll give you an example. All right? So I did the Montreal Comedy Festival. Yeah, that's huge. Huge, right? I did that last year, first time in my career, whereas anyone else that was doing what I was doing would have been the face of that, those years. Like last comic, I would have been there shining star you know yeah so they didn't do it forever then i finally was like put my foot down and told my agent i'm like 
I'm going to have to move on if you can't get me on this. So they pulled a bunch of strings, <laughs> made them do it. And I, I was like, so why why did this take so long? I asked them that. And they said, this was their feedback. They said, we just don't know where he would fit into this festival. So that, what, is that, what is that code yeah. for? So that, yeah. Right, so that's just saying that I guess it's basically like they only see me as a disabled comic that talks about disabled topics. So, again, I get that a lot. Oh, he talks too much about palsy. But you'd never say that to a black comic about talking about their life or a woman or a fat person talking, making fat jokes, you know? This is the only thing that, that for some reason, when I mention it, it's too much. Because you, you saw the show. Well, you didn't see it, but uh, you heard the show. Uh, I smelled the show. You smelled the show. The man musk. Um, Your brand uh, just permeates. You that, just, I mean, you're a com- the way you fit in, you're a comedian who crushes it. Right. Yeah. Uh, crushes it, like, hard. Like, uh, uh, and so that, like, got my blood boiling, right? So then I'm at the festival, and I'm like, I'm doing this. William H. Macy Gala, big old show, and I'm in the middle. William H. Macy comes out and goes, this is my favorite comic of the night, introduces me. I murder that thing. Like, I had that, like, blood-boiling rage. Yeah. Like, I'll show you why I'm fucking here, and this yeah. is where I fucking fit I in. I belong here. Right. Yeah. And I got a standing ovation on a seven-minute set. I came off stage, big wigs. From the festival comes up, pats me on the head, and oh. goes, you're so courageous. Oh, oh. whoa, 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 whoa. And oh. I about punched an old man in the face. Ooh. So to me, that was like the moment where I was like, oh, okay, it's never going to happen for me that way. Like, I'm going to have to go do this again my own way, go around all these fucks. And show them, this is the viewership that I have. Like, so that it was like that thing got me mad. So if I, if I ever need to like get amped up, I think about that. <laughs> you like, think about getting pat on the head. <laughs> uh huh. But I was the only one that got a standing ovation on the show. Again, that was his. That was his genuine reaction. But that kind of thing you said becomes fuel, right? Oh but in God. a way, it's it's like angry fuel, right? Like maybe it's not the best fuel. Yeah, like but it is. It works. Murderous level of fuel. <laughs> <laughs> I was on this TV show, and it was like blind people who had done amazing things. Was it and just one of you? No, there's like seven of us, and one late like <laughs> was blind and was like help somebody out of a fire. But really, she was like two medics were carrying the person out of the fire, and she was like running along behind them you know, giving directions or something. And then one lady, like, was a... I don't know, but I hated it. I hated being on there with, like, uh, other blind people who had done extraordinary things. That was my pat on the head. I was just like, I know I'm being honored right now, like, for being extraordinary, but I hate this. And it's such a catch-22 because I was getting exposure on a TV show, and it was good for my career, maybe. I don't know. Well, that's the thing, is that's their level of acknowledging your success where in fact they were like undermining it by yeah. going like look at how the, they were able to do something yeah <laughs> so courageous I was yeah. I was courageous you still are buddy <laughs> <laughs> so you'd mentioned though that because that that interaction with that one douchebag that mm. it it told you that you would have to circumvent the system and do it continue to do it on your own terms right what, what does that mean well i can't wait for them they're never going to come to me and go hey you're perfect for our thing i have to like go out and create so like okay let's just say like youtube i just have to like blow up youtube so i got built a youtube channel I've been putting things on, it's getting, you know, there's millions of views on some of them, you know? So it's like, that's the, well, that's the way you got to do it now. I think it's number one, just because that's how the world is working. There's so many different, like, TikTok and 
Instagram and this and that and like, but I think this YouTube thing is my new like favorite way because one you don't need a producer you don't need anything you just do your own shit mm. put it on there and if it's people like it like they like it and it's growing a hundred people a day right now so subscribers which is pretty monstrous mm. but again until I have a million followers on that. Then that's when you start, well, making money for sure. You monetize it. But, but you're, also, you have a ton of subscribers. You also write your own ticket after that, right, too. Right, right. You have a right. lot more control. Well, then I can go, fuck you, Montreal. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I guess I don't need you. Like, yeah. I'm, Here's your courageous. Yeah, exactly. Let's start my own festival. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's a complex sort of subtle formula, too, right? Like, like as a blind climber, like, I got attention because I'm a blind I'm blind guy. Like, you know, and, and so... So it's this. You're, you're you're talking about your life. You're working it. You know what I mean. Like you're. It's funny stuff that happens to you, but you're not like. Um, but there's a fine line, right? It's like a subtlety that you're constantly probably walking, right? Right. I mean, that's the thing about it, though. Everything I talk about comes from the perspective of a guy with cerebral palsy. Yeah, that's so your that's, life. That's what I know. Yeah. So. And anybody would do that. Any comic would, you. That's what you do, right? Well, you take right. this shit in your life and. Right, and you talk you about it. what you know. Mm. So well, let's just face it. Why? Why? Why is it not okay for me to talk about palsy, right? Mm. So like, think about it, like, there's not too much taboo shit left in the world. A lot of a lot of stuff has been conquered. Disability is still one of those ones where people are so uncomfortable. So awkward, just don't even know what to do with it. You know, they don't know how to talk to you. I mean, I'm sure you have that. Yeah. Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking blind, man. I can't hear you. <laughs> right? Like, so, the, I mean, the, the, it's still um, just so, people are still just so uneducated about it that they're afraid to even have it in their peripheral vision you know like, you know uh, i will say i've seen a lot more disabled people on tv over the last few years you know trying to incorporate wheelchairs and all that so okay so then here's a uh, life balance question eric and i are both on the road a fair bit too but as i've gotten older i don't like to be on the road that much but you make your living on the road so how do you strike that personal balance between, you know, knowing that you got to be doing four shows a week, but do you really have to, or you want to be with your kids, or what does that look like for you? I do feel the call of wanting to leave the biggest stain on the planet as possible. What does that mean? <laughs> like, like artwork, leave uh, just like... What was that? That was Josh Blue. Look at the, he made these African masks, these paintings. He has nine albums. He, you know, like yeah. really, and then I feel like that side of it's like a. I do feel the pressure of educating the world. Like I, I feel like I have this gift of being funny and able to deliver a message that people need to hear and who am I to not do it I don't know if that makes sense yeah it makes total sense but but try not to kill myself too because it's like a lot of work it's a lot of sitting in airplanes and hotel yeah. beds and shitty bar food and all that yeah you know and so you know you said the world's changing probably some for the good right and you see like more folks with disabilities out there doing everything right yep and uh like have you ever taken another comic under your wing and mentored them or like or maybe like you know like i don't know i'm no expert at all but like you see this guy on america's got talent he's got like some kind of disability he's a comic sure. uh, and do you like take a guy like that under your wing and yeah, anything? i have about mm-hmm. six or seven comics that i uh will take on the road with me yeah um People that are just uh, people that I love to work with. Yeah. I probably saw the guy John Novosad. Love that guy. Yeah, yeah. So, like, 
he's my mentor, but he opens for me. <laughs> he's been in the game way longer than I have. Ellie <laughs> said he looks like a homeless dude. Yeah, he looks really homeless. Uh, he's but he's genuinely funny. He's, oh, he's just so funny. so funny. Just like, and it's like he's like the most consistent I know. Or just yeah. like, okay, let's. He's on. Let's go see him do his thing. Because yeah. you're like, God damn it. <laughs> but then I have a bunch of young comics that I bring with me that I always if you're funny and we get along I want to give you the opportunity to just help you further your career so I've been bringing this dude uh, named Vishnu Vaka and uh, he's just been a delight on the road and he's doing great and he's like from doing that he started getting rebooked and just like all this stuff, and, and I am not one to watch your act too much. Like, I, I just can't watch comedy. <laughs> too critical of it, right? Right, right. But I'll watch, like, five minutes at a time, and then I'll just give them, like, if I hear something, again, the analyzing thing, I'm like, sure. have you thought of it this way? And then it's really fun for me to, like, help them develop their acts, too, where you're like... It's really cool, like, I take people that will take the chance, too, because a lot of people, you're like, oh, you should change that, but, like, I, no, I'm not changing that. So have you seen that, like, like where somebody does change it to what you're thinking, and it works? Yeah. Yeah. It kills, and you're like, yeah, that's awesome. Uh-huh. And then I've had it where they tried it, and it just oh. laid there like a dead fish, and I'm the only one in the background laughing like that. <laughs> Because in your mind, that shit's funny. Did you, uh, do you still get nervous at all? Ever? Uh, yeah, Ever? it just depends on the show. Depends on the circumstances, you know? Do you like that? that, that like if you edgy... know a lot of people in the audience, does that make you more nervous? Yeah, that does make me more nervous. Yeah. I, I was honestly um, more nervous for No Barriers than a normal show that I right. would do because <laughs> I'm speaking for you guys in a way. And I want to make sure that it was how you felt, you know? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, so that that to me is one of those ones I'll get a little like, okay, hope we don't start a riot here. But yeah, The Tonight Show is definitely one of those ones where like, okay, dude. Yeah, <laughs> this is it. Don't fuck this one up. And what's your plans for the future? Like, what's your dreams for the future? Just more? Just make that stain bigger? Yeah, you know, I just want to keep uh, keep doing that. You know, I, I would like to, like, slow down on the touring side of things. That doesn't mean not get out and do it, but go back to doing theaters as opposed to, like, five shows in a week at a club where I could just do one big theater, which would be nice. I mean, I, I, every every show to me is like a chess match. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, I'm... We're not writing it down, so it's pretty fluid. You can make moves anytime, anywhere, anything. Yeah. So, and it's like I, I'm good enough at what I do, where I can just be fucking around, beating. You know, you're still laughing, but like, it's not like I'm gonna play the most polished game of chess you've ever seen. Ah, it may be a little rough around the right, edges. Right. But yeah. I think that's also, like, that's where I do a lot of my writing, too, in those moments where it is rough, and they present me with something. My retort is good enough to say again the next day, you know? Like, yeah. uh, so, so you got to be on. You can't just be going, right. like, you know, out of your head. Right. Yeah. Right. It and forces you to be in, in the chess game. Well, last question for me, which is, like, and I, this is a little bit esoteric, so forgive me if you're just, like... You know, I have no idea. But, you know, so you've just had a little bit of experience with the, our No Barriers community. Yeah. But you're kind of a No Barriers dude. And so what's your definition of No Barriers? Like, what's your definition of a No Barriers life, of, like, the way you want to live, kind of what you want out of life? Sure, man. Well, I, I don't know. I just don't want to be told that I can't do something. That's my thing. Like, I, I love and I've always loved Showing off, I guess, is the one way to say it. But, like, sporting-wise, like, when I was a kid, we used to play, like, street football. And my friends would pick me first. And then all the other kids were like, 
why are you picking the cripple guy first and then like five touchdowns later like fuck we can't cover that kid you know like so like like that's how it's been my thing like I want to show these able bodied fucks <laughs> they ain't shit no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you're not kidding. No, you're not kidding. Give me your break. You're not kidding at yeah. all. Yeah, uh, of course not. Of course it's not like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah this, uh, <laughs> But I do that in, like, everything I do. Like, I mean, sports was really fun just because when you look at the way I move, you're like, there's no way that guy is going to be faster than me. And then when I juke the shit out of you, yeah. you're just like, What? just happened like yeah. that's a new perspective that they have so well, that applies to the stage too right you get up there and you're like oh boy you know like people are a little nervous or something right, right? right and yeah. you're like i'm gonna juke you right i'm right. gonna show, show you right. how i crush you right and, and that that is it like uh, across the board i love to do that to to people and and not like in a mean way you know what i mean like i just want you to like I want you to think about your your perspective that you just had, and now all of a sudden you're like, "Wait a minute, I didn't, I didn't judge this right." Mm-hmm. Cool. That's perfect, man. That's a good way to it's a good way to put a bow on that. That's yeah. uh, you're pretty amazing, man. You're fighting the good fight. I know yeah. you know it probably, but keep doing it. Fuck those barriers, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the new tagline. Right on. You're the man. Thanks, Josh, for making time for us today. You're a busy dude. Yeah, you're so busy, so So it's cool that you're all the way out here in Golden, right? Beautiful Golden. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, man. For sure. All right. Eric, you and I have, you. it's very clear when you're around a professional comedian, like how unfunny that you and I really are. Yeah. yeah. um, We're just like, try to, that's the thing. Josh is authentically funny, like in his bones. You know, like he's, he's just purely funny. And you and I are really not that funny. No. No, so I don't even try. That's like you know, yeah, you that's do. That's not my no. no I just it's shock and awe. I just like sit and and appreciate. Yeah, yeah. A true like artist. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no. I mean, Josh is is so cool because he has broken through barriers, and uh, and I think it's like this thing that people struggle with, especially anybody with any kind of challenge. You know, like what kind of life do I want to live? Like how much do I own this thing, and work it and use it as my advantage. But yet, you know what I mean? Not cheapen it, you know? And you guys, so, you yeah. guys know that I'm still here, right? No, you're not here. No, you're not here, dude. You're not here. I can hear everything you're saying right you're, now. You're breaking the third mirror, bro, by okay, doing this. sorry. I just want to... Matter of fact, shut the fuck this? up over there. Okay, I'm sorry. You're <laughs> down back there. It feels fucking awkward. Our producer, <laughs> our producer's supposed to shove cotton in your ears. <laughs> I thought you were deaf too, Josh. Kick. Jesus Christ. Carry on, you two so, non-funny motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's my takeaway. Just, okay. just, you know, how to live authentically, how to crush it, how to own it. Yeah. And people, you know, I think people squirm and get uncomfortable with themselves. And uh, it's nice to see folks who own it in a hilarious way and, and connect and make people feel better through humor. Uh-huh. And, uh when Josh came to the No Berry Summit, I tell you, man, I walked out like laughing so hard, I was crying, but because I was connecting, you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's a really, uh, I you know, it's it's a huge talent to to be able to do that. To you you walk away laughing, but you're you're uplifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He he seems to. Uh... <laughs> Josh, he's you, still you looking at us. Like, Josh, quit looking at us. Sorry, guys. I just can I don't you have some, I, don't you have a stand up routine to go do? Can I go? <laughs> well, can I say my piece first? Yeah, say yes, piece. Thank you. He'll just look at you uncomfortably. Yeah, that's okay. He's Turn away. <laughs> I'm so I'm feeling so vulnerable. Uh, I think Josh is, uh, has done a good job at flipping the mirror. You know, you've done that to a certain extent, but he's done it with different tools. Um, he's way more clever than you and a lot of people that that have the ability and the and the platform to be able to turn the mirror and have people look at themselves. And I was very insightful where he, you know, he mentioned that he's making this self-deprecating humor, but he's even got some bits in his in his stand-up and his in his routine that that in a not so subtle way says, I'm making fun of myself, but I'm making fun of you and how you look at me. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that that's pretty badass, right? That's like, yeah, that says something about the narrative that's out in the world today. And I commend him for, you know, crusading that and, uh, and doing it in a funny way with, with still sophisticated and intellectual. Is that happy you good with that? I tuned you weren't you listening out. to me. Perfect. Yeah, for for once, you weren't listening to me. Now, okay, good. And humor's at the top of it all. It is. You know what I mean? Because he's not trying to be motivational or trying to, you know, he's just he's out there making the world laugh mm-hmm. with his life, and uh, and and I like that. I mm-hmm. want to do that. You know, I like to do that. Make people feel comfortable and turn that mirror. Turn the mirror. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. No barriers. See you next time. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>